All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome to episode five of the Dropping Gems podcast. As always, I'm your host, Debbie Brown. Now, recently I had the really amazing opportunity to speak at the Om Noir retreat in Tucson, Arizona. Now, a little background on Om Noir. It's a wellness lifestyle brand for women of color that's founded by the amazing, amazing woman named Christina Rice, who besides being a PR and events maven, she's also a certified yoga instructor and like me, is wildly passionate about sharing tools for healing and self-discovery through content and experiences. So for four days, I stayed at the Miraval Resort in Tucson, Arizona. Now I've been to Arizona quite a bit. I love Sedona. I've been to Phoenix, but I've never been to Tucson yet. And Miraval Resort has a huge reputation for just really being about all things mindfulness while also being very five-star. So it's this cool kind of rustic experience, lots of amazing spa treatments that were geared towards energy healing, a lot of outdoor activities, 
activities. We weren't even allowed to have our cell phones out, which was hard at first, but then felt amazing. <laughs> and we shared roughly space with roughly 75 women from all over the world. And other speakers at the event included dynamic ladies like Brandy Harvey, Allison Bird, Zara Barnes, Danielle Cadet, Demetria Lucas, Dr. Kiara King, Lachelle Wooten, Brandy Victorian, Angela Benton, and Sadira Furlow. This annual retreat is actually featured right now too in, I believe it's either the May or June issue of Essence Magazine. It's the really beautiful one that's purple with Alicia Keys on the cover. So make sure you check that out and also check out their Instagram, which is Om Noir. That's O-M-N-O-I-R-E. And I put a ton of links and pictures from my perspective, video too, on my blog that's on my website. So check out my whole experience of the Om Noir retreat on DebbieBrown.com. So for my part of the event, I led a sunrise meditation in this beautiful outdoor labyrinth. And I also did a Q&A session with the amazing and witty Danielle Cadet, who is the editor of Refinery29 Unbothered. She is a bar too. <laughs> She's a really, really dope chick, brilliant, really fun, and had beautiful insight about things that we all really, really want to know when it comes to taking care of yourself. So we delved into what does self-care really look like in the real day-to-day lives that we have. Specifically, what are tools that are needed outside of the very overused go-to of positive thinking? I did air quotes there, to enhance the quality of your day-to-day life and lead you to a better relationship with yourself. Y'all know I live for conversations like that. I also, for the first time, shared a little bit about a recent loss of faith that I experienced when I found out that my friend Nipsey Hussle was murdered. Um, And what I've just been kind of doing to navigate that grief and find light. So... Between the talk she and I shared and the questions from the audience, it was a really special and insightful conversation. So instead of just letting it live in the moment in Arizona, I decided with permission from Om Noir that I wanted to share it with you here as well on the podcast. So this episode is the very special conversation between Danielle Cadet and myself at the Om Noir retreat. I hope you like it. Please share thoughts with me on social media, whether you did or didn't by tagging me at Debbie Brown. That's D-E-V-I Brown. So here we go. Much love. Good morning. morning. Everybody is looking. Oh, that meditation must, I'm so sad because I missed meditation this morning and I'm sad, but everyone looks bright eyed and bushy tailed. So I know Debbie got y'all together this morning. (laughs) Um, I hope everybody has some probiotic juice because it's delicious. Clearly I drank online. I'm so excited uh, to chat with you, Debbie, and I know we spoke a little bit on the phone, and honestly, I could have been on the phone with you all day, so (laughs) I feel like we we really got into it, so I'm really excited to to just chat real um, self-care and to really get real about wellness, right? And, you know, when we were talking, we talked about how white the wellness space is Mm -hmm. and how self-care can oftentimes, just the idea of self-care Sometimes does it seem like, as, as women of color, as black women, it doesn't feel like we can relate to that. It right. doesn't feel like there's a space for us there. Um, and so I wanna jump in with you and just talk about wellness specifically for women of color and how stress affects us differently and therefore we have to exercise wellness differently. Yeah, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, okay, good. 
you know, it, it's so interesting. And anybody else that has done like maybe some of this experiential spiritual journey, I'm sure you recognize that when you are typically somewhere, you are the only person of color mm-hmm. and you are more than likely the youngest. Like it's really yeah. a space of like older white people. Right. Like in right. the sunset of their life or, yes. you know, really just white women. Like it's right. become very, very on trend, you know, posit- hashtag positivity, hashtag blessed are two of the leading hashtags on social media, right? Like wow. there's up to a billion combined of people putting that on literally everything, oh you know? Gosh. So in positivity and being blessed and being grateful, like they're all so completely unique to you and your worldview. Right. So you'll see those hashtags on a Bible verse or on a car, right? Like you'll see like, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? That's it just so depends real. on what your value system right, is. Right, right. Um, so kind of just a little backstory, like when I was like working in media, like I shared earlier in meditation, I had a burnout and I felt like Mm -hmm. I was tired of talking about things that ultimately didn't matter. Like, did I want my legacy to be that I was commenting on who had hip hop beef with who (laughs) and who was breaking up with who, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I started to feel like I was doing a disservice to my listeners and a disservice to the world by even talking about those things in an enthusiastic way, like they mattered, Right. you know? Right, um, right. And as I kind of like journeyed deeper into myself and working through my trauma and wanting to just deepen my relationship with me, I just deeply, deeply and desperately wanted that so badly for everyone I encountered. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer. And if you've listened to my podcast, I've probably said this on every episode, but I'm a huge believer that Healing trauma and seeking wholeness is the only, only way for real generational change. Mm, For us to really see our futures change and the trajectory of our families change, the only way to really, really do that in a significant way is to work on healing yourself, to choose you first. Because when you heal yourself, you have the opportunity to extend that light to anyone that you touch or come across. And obviously, you know, better um, access to education and academics, financial literacy, having the ability to earn more, all of those things are wildly important as well and play a part. But you can have money and be a shitty person, Mm. right? Like you can Mm. have money and still harm your family. That is a word. (laughs) Um, So it's just just really important that we recognize like when we talk about self-care, when we talk about positivity, when we talk about purpose, we're really understanding like Let's make sure that we're not trying to do it from a comparative place. Like, oh, you're good? Well, I want to be good too. Right. You know, like, oh, you're living your best life. I'm living my best life. Mm. You know, we really want to always stay centered in the idea that we have to choose ourselves first. And that is so counterintuitive to anything that we were ever taught as women. Absolutely. The second we are old enough to hold something as babies, we're given a baby to play with. Mm. Like, how insane is that when you really think about it? Why, as a baby, am I playing with a baby and learning how to nurture Mm. as a child? And, you know, it does. Obviously, it is very serving. I mean, women are such magnificent, magnificent creatures. Like, we have discernment in a way that is not possible for men. We have nurturing and care. We have depth in our relationships that is not typically seen in the relationships men have with one another. Right. So I do understand a certain level of kind of our programming for nurturing. It it also is our superpower, but it also gives us this pressure and this expectation that everything in our world comes before us, Mm, you know? And so real self-care, when we want to dig into it, like, yes, 
like the baths are great, the trips are great, like all of the, all of the little touches you can do that provide care for yourself are incredible. But we have to stay grounded and centered in the root of, I am choosing me because I deserve to be whole. Mm. I deserve to have peace. And when I have those things, me just being who I am effortlessly mm. will extend that to other people as well. Mm. I love that so much. Oh, oh my gosh. Y'all, we, we're in for it today. Um, I want to touch on such a good conversation. I know, I know. And I'm like already like, there's <laughs> so much to talk about. I want to touch on something you just said, burnout. There's a couple of things, um, just what you just said. But the first thing I really want to start with is, is what you do when you feel burnt out. I've definitely felt burnt out and, you know, working in the news can be really difficult. Um, but just in any industry in general, especially as women, as women of color, we tend to give so much of ourselves. Talk to me about your journey and about, you know, feeling burnt out, but then having the energy and the courage to make a transition and to make a change and to prioritize yourself. Yeah. Um, part of it was a natural blessing in that I was raised as the only child to a single parent. By nature of that, mm -hmm you spend so much time in your own head. Mm -hmm. You know, you spend so, I, I had a very isolated childhood in that, you know, I was a latchkey kid. So I had to come home by myself sometimes, mm -hmm. right? And then you can't go out and play because you don't want people to know that you're home alone. Right. Um, right. And just, you know, my natural kind of um, wiring is just as extroverted as I am, it's to go inside more often than not. And mm. to really like analyze myself and think about my feelings. Mm. And I'm one of those people, very emo, right? <laughs> um, by nature of that, that was always kind of like my first response to anything is to go inside. But then life teaches you different. You know, right. you forget things that you inherently knew. You forget the way you're hardwired and you get sometimes very obsessed with other definables of yourself. And a big shift for me was just, you know, and Allison talked about this last night, calling it like the nudge. For me, it was yes. like the gnawing in the pit of my stomach. Like it literally felt like something was right here mm. that said, what else? Mm. What else? You know, okay. Mm -hmm. I got the career, I make really good money. I got the car, you know, some people know who I am. I'm doing good for my, all before the age of this. Right, you know? right, right. And then you get all of that, which society told you your whole life, that's the point of being here. Right. And you're like, but what else, this is it? <laughs> this still, I mean, you could buy a new car after a couple months, it's still gonna be a car, you know? Right. Like it wears, like anything that is like not inherent to who you are, it's going to wear off, you know? And I started really taking a hard look at myself and realizing that working in entertainment, having to be on all the time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was also, you know, fun became the distraction of my life, mm. you know, working, being a boss, being successful. Like it all really became a distraction wow. from me meeting me. Wow. When your time is filled, right? When you're constantly looking for things to do, when you're constantly out, or if you were like me as well, if you're a fixer, who's the fixer in their lives, <laughs> right? Always solving everybody's problem, always has a bit of advice to give somebody, always this, always that. And we feel great in that because that's also one of our gifts. Um, but we do two things when we do that. We deny ourselves the ability to focus on us because we're so righteously taking care of other people. And then we also rob other people of their ability to learn resilience and their ability to connect with their sacred higher power mm -hmm. and figure out what their journey is. Right. We're all here with our own curriculum. We're all here with our lessons to learn. And 
we rob other people of their right to connect with God when we are trying to do everything for them or take on their brokenness, mm. you know? Um, sometimes we have, and I might be going way off question Girl, now. Um, no, go, sorry. Keep I going. Where I am keep going. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was like a big, for me, that was one of the biggest things in self-care was I do not have to take on everyone's load. Mm. And it doesn't mean that I don't send them love. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't deeply want their healing. I just also recognize that I am depriving myself when I do that and I'm depriving them. Mm. So just slowly, just in small ways, I started giving myself that time back, reclaiming mm. my time, right? I started <laughs> giving that Shout back. Shout out to, to Auntie me. Maxine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I started, you know, um, just respectfully disengaging, you mm. know, like being detached from this like response to always fix people or mm. to always give them advice. And sometimes just listen and wish them well and then use that energy for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I have no idea what the original question was. And I hope that somewhat <laughs> kind of. No, you did. We were you, talking about burnout and, and oh, how you yeah. claim that. So I was burned out from career mm -hmm. and then I was burned out from being everybody's everything right, all right, the time, right, right, you know? Right, right. And I was like, well, this is not sustainable, especially not if I want to have the life I've always dreamed of. Right. This is not, this isn't going to get me there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so just kind of, and I said this earlier in meditation, it's that idea of just relinquishing control, just surrendering, even when you don't know how or you don't know what to do. You know, in, in one of my most broken moments in life, um, about five years ago, I was in a significantly deep, deep, deep depression mm. that I was trying to claw my way out of. And, you know, every anybody that's living has experienced depression at some point in their life. So it's not a feeling I had never had before. At different moments in your life, you have depression. It can last for an afternoon. It can last for a year. Mm -hmm. For some people, much more, you know. Um, but this particular one was a mixture of a depression from circumstances I couldn't control and then also a depression because I knew I wasn't being the best version of me for me. Mm. I knew that I needed to have more in my life. I knew that I needed to stretch to grow. So in that moment, instead of focusing or being down on myself for being down, I just said, I surrender. Mm. I surrender. And it started out as a scream with like tears, right? Like falling to my knees and yelling at God. And it started out being angry at him, you know, and just like, what do you want? What do you want from me? Mm. What? I'm a good person. I don't do bad stuff. I treat people well. What the hell do you want from me? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and then I started like releasing that energy and God's not going to get mad at me because he made me. So he knows I'm gonna get angry. Amen. Um, Amen. <laughs> and then I started, you know, opening that up into I give it away. I give it to you. I mm -hmm. surrender. And I started screaming, I surrender. And then it came into the most resounding piece I've ever felt. And I just said, oh, mm. I surrender. That is powerful. And from that moment on, I feel that um, very synchronistically, all the tools I needed started coming to me really effortlessly. Wow. I didn't have to search online. I didn't have to do all of this research and study, you know, mm. um, it all just started, I started paying attention to the cues and it all just started coming my way. And I just started saying, okay, 
okay, I'm going to try that. Okay, I'm going to read that. Okay, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to open myself to this conversation happening right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So all of that is self-care too, but all of that for me is what was really the catalyst for my journey and and just, to me, the best self-care tool a person could ever have is self-inquiry. The Mm. best free thing you can ever, ever do for yourself is to just ask yourself questions about how you feel. Mm-hmm. That easy. And then keep asking. Right. You know, your first response, you know, I'm angry. Why are you angry? Because so-and-so did this. Is that true? Well, yeah, they did that. Well, but is that why you're angry? Right. Well, kind of. Mm. What else? You know, and then you kind of end up going down this rabbit hole where you're you know, just pulling the yarn, you're pulling the string and it's slowly unraveling. And then before you know it, you know, you remember something, a lie you told yourself when you were two, because you didn't know how to process life or experience at that time. And you kept building upon that untrue thing. And then, you know, before you knew it, you were this grown woman that had this secret feeling of not being worthy or not Mm. being lovable. Mm -hmm. And it's all a lie, right? you know, but you don't get to get to that truth until you start getting real with yourself and asking yourself questions. Mm -hmm. Gems, gems being dropped. Um, I want to talk about something that we talked about on the phone that, you know, really stuck with me. Um, You know, like you said, to your point about being a fixer, how much black women take on. And, you know, you said black women are the mules of the world. Like we do everybody's work. We fix things for everyone. We are constantly putting everybody before ourselves. And, you know, and you touched on it a little bit with this idea of fixing, but just this idea of taking on people's work and doing work for others. How does that affect, you know, women of color specifically in how much we take on and how we find ourselves at these places where we eventually have to surrender? Yeah. Oh, it's so maddening, isn't it? Mm. Like the thought, like black women are the most oppressed people in the world. Like when you really think of it bar for bar, you know, it's so interesting because when Christina was talking previously about feeling that heart pain, right. Mm -hmm. And not taking care of herself. I think that so many of us, like we have aches, we have pains and we don't get them looked at. You know, I've been needing to go get something looked at for two years. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) But on the flip side of that, like we have such a, because of all the generational trauma, because of the current way the world works, uh, because of the way women in general are treated, we all have um, such a high threshold for pain, Mm. such a high threshold for emotional pain and physical pain Mm. that goes undealt with. But then on the flip side of that, you have these studies coming out, right? And people coming out with the stats that black women die the most in hospitals because doctors don't believe their pain. Right, right. Like like imagine that for a second. Mm. We speak our pain the least until it becomes literally unbearable. Right, right. And then when it's unbearable, it's not believed. Right. Like our existence as black women is one of being gaslit constantly. Oh my gosh. Constantly in relationships with our partners, right? Mm -hmm. In family interactions, in the workspace, walking outside, Mm -hmm. you know? Like you're constantly being gaslit to the point where you really don't know. Am I in pain or not? 
Mm, or am right, I strong enough right, to take more? Right, you start, right. Like, <laughs> you start second guessing everything. You hurt me. Right. Wait, don't hurt me. I don't know, you know? Right. Um, so in, in something we talked on the phone, and I just have to say, like, I loved our first meeting on the phone so much because you just had so many incredible thoughts and you said them in a way that I was like, I had been thinking that, but didn't realize I had been thinking that. <laughs> and it was like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of what we talked about on the phone, and I'm still wrapping my head around this, but as black women in wellness and as black women on spiritual journeys, our work is always going to be different. Mm, it's yeah. not going to line up with the very on-trend surface positivity that is in the world right yes. now, that is on yes. Instagram right now. It yes. can't. Yes. And it sucks, but we just have more work to do. Right. We have more trauma. Mm. And we have to be... Not, not in a pitiful kind of way. We just have to be cognizant of it, right, you know, because right. it's also easy in this new purpose positivity culture to feel less than because I don't know my purpose mm -hmm. or, oh, no, I had a bad thought. So I'm not really positive. Oh, like you're <laughs> now now you're comparing yourself in a space that's supposed to be about. Healing, right, right, know? Like right, right. The spiritual space is a very can be a very damaging and very comparative space. Yes, um, yes. Because it requires so much vulnerability and transparency. Um, so we have to just be very intentional about our healing in a way that maybe not everyone has to be, which is unfortunate that we mm. have yet another yeah. thing to put on our shoulders. Right, right. But that is how we're going to have the biggest breakthroughs. Mm. So sometimes we have to say to ourselves, we, we just have to be more deliberate with what our plan of action is going to be. Right, right. And, and also understand that it is, in the great words of the incredible Nipsey Hussle, you know, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. Yeah. Yes. We're in it for the long run. Mm. Finding your purpose is very literally the purpose of life. It's right. why we're here at all. So if you didn't get it this year or by 30 or by 40, well, good, because you're alive. Like, you still have more time. <laughs> Thank God, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it, it really drives me a little bit crazy when people are always like, yeah, girl, just find your purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh, like, that's what I'm here to do, you right, know? Right, right, right. Yeah, so just being really deliberate with our healing. So, you know, we might initially get lured in with, the great positive quote or, mm -hmm. you know, doing the yoga or doing meditation um, or doing some type of spiritual exercise. And then it's like, okay, but now you got to go a little deeper right. because we don't just have ourselves to heal. We have our ancestors energy right. to heal. Uh -huh. We have our future generations to heal. Right. And that was a big thing for me. How do I not pass on all the things that hurt me? I, I think How do I not give that to my huge. child? Yes, absolutely. Generational trauma is real. Absolutely. And I love what you're saying about just like wellness looks different for us. Yeah. And I don't know that that message is often communicated. Right. You know, and I, I love you're touching on this so much. I'd love to dig into it more. Social media, you know, can really bog down a space and the wellness space, especially, um, you know, the fact that there are billions of hashtag bless, hashtag positivity yeah. or whatever it is, there's a lot of buzzwords, right? There's a lot of sexy terms, cute pictures, beautiful quotes. Y'all know y'all see them. You get on and it's like, oh, double tap. This is, yeah. I should be feeling this way. But as black women, as women of color, we're dealing with different things. Wellness looks different yeah. for us, differently for us. And I think social media can really 
um, can, can skew that and, and can skew what we see in other people. We can yeah. see, it, it can become about comparison rather than about being inquisitive, like you said, about yourself. How do you com combat that? How do you combat constantly being bombarded with everybody's highlight reel? Social media is everyone's highlight reel. Yeah. So what do you do when you're constantly bombarded with everyone's highlight reel and you're working through your own stuff? Yeah. But you're existing in this world where social media is important. I, I can't sit here and pretend like it isn't. How, how do you find a balance? Um, so me personally, I'm in a place right now in my life where nothing anybody else is doing shakes me or makes me question myself or mm. makes me not feel good. Because yeah. I just also have the understanding that what's for me is for me mm. as long Amen. as I'm giving life my best effort. Mm -hmm. So then I check in with myself. Am I giving life my best effort? Mm. And mm. the answer is yes, I'm not gonna feel comparative. If the answer is no, I need to look at me. Mm. I need to mm. look at what am I not nourishing in me? What am I not recognizing in me? What mm. am I not trying hard enough at? Where am I not working enough? Right. You know, because I think any anything that we feel about another person, good or bad, is always a projection of how we feel about ourselves Absolutely. and how we see the world. Absolutely. Always. Always. Anybody here that looks at me and thinks, wow, she looks like a great person. It's because you're a great person. It's because the light in me reminds you of the light you have in yourself. Mm. That's it, you know? Mm. If you're looking at me and thinking, you know, oh, she looks like X, Y, and Z. That's also how you see the world from a negative standpoint and maybe you feel judged, so you feel the need to put forth judgment. Right. All of it is okay because none of it has anything to do with me. Right. So I'm not yeah. gonna take it on. Right. If you like me, awesome. If you don't, awesome. I like me, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of how I feel about, you know, the conversations around being comparative. Everyone's heard this quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to suffer any more in my life than I have to. Mm. A lot of things are going to be thrown my way that I do not ask for mm. that are going to be very challenging. Mm. Do I want to also give myself daily doses of that? Mm. No, I don't want to suffer. And so, you know, when I kind of look at you know, if I do feel a tinge of that, right? I go through the process I just explained. Yeah. Um, and I say, well, am I giving life my best? Mm. I'm always gonna find a way to stop feeling that way through asking that question. Mm. But then also it's like, you know, that is for that person mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Because I am who I am and I'm going to get led where I'm supposed to be. Right. We don't have to be angry at people for having things or getting things or looking like they have it all together. Stop comparing in general, whether that right. person is doing well in life or mm -hmm. whether they're doing bad in life. Right. How you feel about yourself shouldn't be swayed either way based on that. Right. We shouldn't get a little pep when we see that someone else has been kicked yeah. or doesn't have it as together as they, they made right, it seem. Right. Why would that make you feel good? I love that. You I know? love that you're saying that. And in the same way, if somebody is living their best life, why should that make me feel upset? Right. I think the real thing is to just, let's not compare at all mm -hmm. and let's always just seek within. Let's mm -hmm. always just take that moment to take a breath. Yes. We're human, we're gonna feel it. We're gonna feel jealousy. It's a natural trait, right. you know? Right. Um, but when we do, don't let it stay there. Mm. Take a breath and try to work through the thought. Yes. You know, if you have a negative thought, really spend some time to try to work through that so you don't carry it and you help change your perspective. And then it becomes effortless. Mm.
I want to talk about um, grief and trauma. And we talked about this a bit on the phone. And, and as you've said today, is we, we carry so much trauma. We carry generational trauma. We carry our ancestors' energy. Um, and we deal with grief differently. And we talked a bit about your friendship with, with the great Nipsey Hussle and how his death, sorry, no, I know I'm gonna cry too. His death affected us so differently. It just hit everybody. People who did not know him said it hit so differently. As a friend of his, why do you think that is? All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Take your time. Sorry. No, no, please take your time. Still really new. Um... I think for Nipsey, at least speaking for myself, what was really difficult was you see someone who is being the best version of themselves, right? Like giving of themselves, learning, growing, like positively impacting people's lives. And I think for Nipsey, it was the cruelty of the way that he passed right that makes it difficult you know um i think also we're the exact same age you know Mm -hmm. we met when we were in our early 20s and maintained a friendship throughout the years and 
So it also calls into question your own mortality, of course, right? Of like course. your own understanding Absolutely. of this life cycle. But violent deaths are very difficult. Mm. Um, they're really, as deep of a faith as you may have, it's really difficult to wrap your mind around someone else having the power to take a life mm. and it being sanctioned by God, mm. you know? Mm. Um, he was such a good man, such an inspiring person. And the thought of him, the world being robbed of him at the hands of someone who had hate for him, mm -hmm. it's just really hard to grasp, you know? And I think that that's what really hit a lot of people. Mm. Like, you know, you see, you just see somebody giving life their best, mm -hmm. you know, which is, and, and we have come to think that when we do that, we'll be absolved of having challenges right. and we'll be absolved of having um, issues. And so when something like that happens, it really questions, you know, and maybe, and I can be completely speaking for myself right now, but, you know, for the past couple of weeks, I, I have had a real, real reckoning with my faith and what I believe in mm. my belief system and how I believe it, right? Mm. Um, and that's part of like my process. Like when I was a young person and I heard the golden, the golden rule, you know, do unto others wow. as you'd have done unto you. I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. Right. And I was like, ah, of course, like, <laughs> that's how to live, right? But you're not guaranteed reciprocity in that, mm. right? It's just mm. saying, do that. Right. But it's not saying do you that it and it will be done unto you. Absolutely. You know? Yes. And that was kind of heartbreaking when I first realized that mm. because I kind of thought that there was like some semblance of fairness in life, mm. you know? Um, so a big challenge in our journey. And some of this is like, I mean, you know, this is like Dalai Lama stature understanding. Mm. So I'm just going to say it and know that I'm grappling with it myself. The real thing to deepen our spiritual understanding is to understand that there is no good or bad and be in full acceptance of every single thing that comes our way which does not mean to be in agreement with it mm. or to like it. That's mm. preference-based. But we have to accept everything and mm. find a way to self-nurture on our own. You know, the, the doing onto others as you'd have done onto you is for you. Mm. It's because that's the quality of person you want to be. That's the type of energy you want to carry, but you also have to be in full alignment with the fact that you are not being promised mm -hmm. that you will be treated well, that you will be treated with love, that you will be treated fairly. Mm. That's a really hard lesson to grapple with, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's really, and it'll be called into question time and time again. Like the last five years, I was standing fully in that understanding, right? Mm. Like I don't, I don't take anything personally. I don't get aside from maybe getting cut off in traffic if I got my kid in the car. Like, I'm not getting mad about anything. Like I, I can't think of the last time I got angry or stressed out or like, it's just not how I operate right now, mm -hmm. which is not to say that terrible stuff doesn't happen sometimes, right? right? Terrible. Um, but now, you know, I found in the last two to three weeks that I am having to really relearn that understanding mm -hmm. because something has come up for me that, I can't wrap my head around with yet, you know? Um, so when it comes to grieving, I say all that to say, it is okay not to know what the hell to do. Mm. You know, that's how I am right now. I, I am not in a place in this moment to say that, you know, um, 
God does everything for a reason, mm -hmm. or I understand, or it was for the greater good. Like, it's not how I feel. Mm. I do feel like this was a glitch in the matrix. You know, I do feel like he should not be dead. Mm. Um, but I'm staying open to the fact that there are so many things I don't know and understand yet. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so I'm not angry at God. I don't agree right now. Right. But I'm staying open to him showing me a better understanding for how life works that I don't yet know. Mm. That's so uh, beautiful and so honest. Um, and thank you. Thank you. Because that's kind of leads me to my next question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> ooh, you really, thank you. <laughs> in the journey, right? In the up and down and the fact that it's not always going to be perfect and that, you know, you, you've told us so much about, uh, uh, about your journey and about how, where you've come from. And even saying, you know, there's not a lot that you let stress you out or that you let get you angry. But the fact that it's not every single day isn't the highest of highs. Yeah. Um, and I do think that for me, and I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but for me, one thing I struggle with with wellness is like feeling like I'm almost not allowed to have bad days. Yeah. Feeling like, you know, I've achieved this wellness and so, or I've achieved this state of mind and I have to be there all the time. <laughs> and I have to, and you talked about a lot, especially working in media, you have to be on, you yeah. have to, you know, be ready. And you're oftentimes, I don't know if y'all heard, I worked at ESPN. I was in a lot of rooms with a lot of white men all the time. Yeah. And you have to be, you have to be this person that you don't always feel like you are. Yeah. Um, and I, you're very, you're being very honest about the fact that like it doesn't have to it, every day doesn't have to look like that. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit more about just like how do you maintain your peace of mind while also just riding the waves of the ups and downs? Yeah, I think it's also just being in acceptance of what the reality of being a human being on Earth is. There will never, for any reason be what we deem to be perfect. A lot of what society has taught us is in actually direct contrast with the way natural law actually works, hmm. right? With the understanding of day to night, cells regenerating, life to death, you know, um, needing to feed on other things, hmm. you know, um, to keep nourishment. And there's so much about specifically in America, the way that we have taught people to feel about themselves and to understand about the world that is just truly not in alignment with actually what I believe to be the reason God put us here. Mm -hmm. I believe God put us here as souls and as spirits to remember who we are in circumstances, mm -hmm. to remember him in circumstances, mm -hmm. to have the experience of being in a very imperfect place mm -hmm and still be connected to who we are and what our sacred energy is. Mm. So with that understanding, you know that nothing ever will be fair. Nothing ever will be perfect. Um, and there's so much freedom in that. Because when you take away that expectation, when you take away the feeling of being less than if it's not this, you open yourself up to just accept things as they're happening and to choose your responses to them. Mm. 
Um, in the first episode of my podcast, a dear friend of mine worded it perfectly. And he said, you know, he, he experienced, he grew up in Uganda during the genocide, mm -hmm. right? Under Idi Amin's regime. Mm -hmm. He's the only living member of his family. Wow. Every single member of his family, his parents, his siblings, his parents' siblings, and each of his parents had like 10 siblings. Mm. Their kid, there's no one. There's no one but him, oh right? My gosh. Can you imagine walking around every day with that depth of sorrow? Mm. Like that, like it's not even conceivable. Like right. right now we couldn't even try to put ourselves into the mind frame of what that would feel like. It's not conceivable. Mm -hmm. But he is the most joyous, kind, brilliant, wonderful human soul I've ever met. And I asked him, how do you manage to be so kind with a life filled with unbelievable hardship, you know? Um, and something he said was really beautiful. He said he wakes up every day and dedicates the day to one of his ancestors. Mm. And that brings him a lot of strength. Wow. Um, he also said, it's not that I don't feel the feelings. It's just I don't let them stay. Mm. I allow them to visit for the night. Mm. but they don't get to stay. Oh my gosh. I need to write that down. Yeah. And, that, and that's really how I look at my own day-to-day. -day. Your life will absolutely never be without challenge or hardship. Sorry to break it to you. It won't. You can live your best life. You can read every book. You can meditate every day, do yoga. You can do all the therapy in the world, right? It's helping you learn how to better heal and serve yourself, but it is not telling you that once you reach a certain point, you won't have to go through anything. It's just not how it works. We're living in a world with many broken people that we're in a school, right? And you may be in a graduate program, but that person's in kindergarten, mm -hmm. but we all got to live together and we all got to study together, <laughs> you know? But so in that, in that understanding, when you have the freedom of that, you can allow yourself to feel things. You're a human being. Sit in it. Mm. I didn't get out of bed for days after Nipsey died. I cried every single day mm. for the past couple of weeks. And that's okay. Mm. That's a moment. I'm not going to live in it, though. Mm. I do understand at this point, even if I don't understand it, think it's right, think it's fair, even if it hurts me, I still have to move forward in my own life. Mm -hmm. I still have to choose to make the best choices for me. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, another, another great way to kind of be on this wellness journey and, and really navigate your not good days is just understanding life is all about your personal best, mm -hmm. which from day to day is gonna be different, mm -hmm. which from person to person is gonna be different, mm -hmm. right? But are you making the most serving choices for yourself to the best of your ability given your life history right now. Mm. That could mean you woke up. That could mean you walked outside. That could mean you are, you know, doing, doing the mantras every morning, doing affirmations. Do, it, could, you know, it could mean whatever it means for you in that moment. Right. Um, right. So that's how I self-check and navigate. Am I doing the best I am able in this moment? Mm. If the answer is yes, okay, then fine. This will pass. If the answer is no, what can I change? Because I don't want to cause my own suffering. So that honesty though, right? Because when you're asking that yourself that question, you have to be able to be honest with yourself. Because there are times where I'm asking, where I know I'm not doing the best, right? But I'm like, shoot. Right. <laughs> I'm right. doing it mm, well, you know, and I'm there are definitely days where I know I'm not at, you know, one hundred percent. 
you know, and I'm just tired, but I'm gonna yeah. tell myself I'm doing the best, even when that's not true. And, and sometimes that's a, that's a defense mechanism, and sometimes that's just me hiding from my own self. Yeah. But how do you push yourself to be honest with yourself? It's a practice. It's something that you have to learn. We spend our lifetimes denying ourselves. Mm. We spend our lifetimes lying to ourselves about our feelings about many things. All right? the time. Staying stuck in certain relationships, staying at a job you don't like, having to smile when you want to cry. Like mm. our whole life is based around a lot of self-denial and yes. a lot of intuitive repression, you know? Yes. Um, so it's going to take practice. This isn't going to happen overnight, you know? You And you have to be really gentle with yourself and the understanding that everything that you're cultivating it's the in practice type of thing, you know? It's, you don't work out one time and have a six pack, <laughs> you know? Like right. you gotta keep going, right. you gotta keep doing it. Um, so it's just really, it's finding the comfort in standing in your truth. Mm. It's knowing that even your worst behavior doesn't make you unworthy. Mm. Even the worst thing you've ever done does not define what the value of your life is or what the purpose of your life is. Mm. Especially if you choose to think another thought and to be another way and to behave differently, mm. you know? Um, so just like, really it's about extending self-compassion and slowly being as honest with yourself as you can. Mm. And then also acknowledging, if you're not, I'm choosing to lie to myself right now. Mm. Cause even that teaches you honesty, Ooh, yeah. you know? If you can say, I know that this is not the best decision I know I'm not being honest about with myself about how I feel, but in this moment, I'm going to choose to lie. Mm. Even that recognition is honesty, and that'll slowly show you how to start being more real and honest and in alignment with who you are. Right, right. I'm over here losing track of time. Do we have time we for could. some questions? I just want to, we do, okay, because I'm, Christina, I will be up here all day. Like, there will be no other sessions if you just let, Okay, perfect. Okay, great. Um, okay, let's take some questions. Questions, questions. Yes. Oh, should, can we, um, thank you. Going back to the question around burnout, how do you deal with being in a relationship and still trying to find yourself and trying mm. to rethink your career? That is a great question. Yeah. Everything that you're going through while still trying to, you know, Locate and be in marriage. Um, hello, that's a that's like yeah. you read my mind. Question for me too. <laughs> well, at first I wanted a divorce. <laughs> at first I wanted to run. At first I wanted to not have to take care of anybody and their issues, you know. And I just wanted to be with myself and work on myself. Um, when you're kind of, especially when you're in that really restless place and that burnout place where you have just reached your limit, it really is important to give yourself space and time. You know, around that time, luckily I had some vacation time stored up at work. Mm -hmm. I was able to just disappear for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, I did a mini eat, pray, love. You know, I found much like what everyone is doing here. I went on a retreat, mm -hmm. you know, I went on a retreat. It was most of it in silence. And I just focused on myself, you know, and you know, my husband and I have really, really transparent conversations. And um, at that time, it was really difficult because he especially wasn't on the spiritual journey he is on now. So it was a lot of defensiveness. It was a lot of really not understanding and then saying, okay, I understand, but I still need you to do all this for me and be my support system. It is, you know, 
Um, and it was really just me saying, all right, well, this is going to be a challenging time and it's going to be an uncomfortable time. And just sitting in that honest truth of knowing, well, this is going to be the moment of my life that's titled rough, you know, mm. <laughs> um, and just and just still choosing to stand in it. Um, wow. So that's really, you know, ideally we were also much younger, mm. but, you know, ideally, whoever you're in a relationship with. Ideally, you can have transparent conversations with mm -hmm. and, and you can let them know that I need some things for me right now. And this has nothing to do with you. This is not a reflection of how you make me feel. Mm -hmm. This is not a reflection of what you are doing or not doing. All of this is 1000% about me. Mm -hmm. And I just need to tap into that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as life would have it, if that doesn't, if you have a partner that is not acknowledging of that in any way or even open to understanding more, might not be the most serving relationship wow. for your life. Great question. Question in the back. Good morning. Good morning. Um, can you talk a little bit more yes. about being the fixer? Um, you know, we have that Olivia Pope. Yeah. Five, you know, walk with purpose. You're fixing everything. You know, my intern's asking me this. Project coordinator is asking me that. And you're like, oh, you're the Olivia Pope of the office. You fix everything. Mm. But yes. you're absorbing all of this stuff. Yeah. And on the inside, you're like, oh, my. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to break because it's attached to my name. That's mm -hmm. my personal brand and things of that nature. So can you talk about mm -hmm. navigating the Olivia Pope fixer person yeah. in the office for African-American women as we're climbing the corporate ladder? We want to show up well. We want to be a Yes. So this is, it's a lot to unpack because this is hundreds of years of forced burden <laughs> that we have been mm. trained to take on. So a lot of the things that we think, well, this is just how I am. I've always been this way. Mm. It's also a lot of generational, um, not generational, excuse me, genetic trauma that has been implanted in us. Um, so I say all that to say, it's going to be a process. Um, in the work world, it's a little bit different because when you do have things tied to your name or tied to your brand, you want them done well. Um, and so there are, you know, that is a very beneficial trait to have in business. It's just important to really check in with yourself and know when it's too much and allow people space to fail, especially as long as it's not affecting your bottom line at work. Like, you know, like give them, give them space to fail and figure out their own answers a little bit there. I wish we had more time. Cause there's this great exercise, um, that I've done that, choosing to be in the space of being an observer instead of a fixer. The first few times I did this, it was really, really challenging. Um, but basically it's like you would sit and maybe you guys can do this on a break later. You would sit with another person, right? And they would be allowed to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And you do not interject at all. <laughs> you don't make facial expressions, right? Like you don't, you don't, confirm, deny, you I don't- love everyone's reaction to yeah, that. <laughs> hard. You don't offer input, not even with a glance, like, or, or you know, not even with, a, wow. with nothing. You just kind of sit there and you don't allow any of it to take on, but you're creating this beautiful space for someone else to fully be themselves. What you'll find in that, the first few times I did that, I was like, just do this. Like, I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait for this over so I could tell her if she just does X, Y, and Z, that's how she'll fix it. 
but if you just let them go and you don't say anything, you just send love and create a safe space. And, and you know, and, and like at work, you can say, you, you know how to do this. You've got this. You know how this works, so try. And then I'll circle back with you, you know? Um, Cause that also helps them grow as employees, right? Like, and hopefully get out of that. But what you'll find when you're being in this like uh, neutral observer role is by the time the person is done talking, say 10, 15 minutes, they have pretty much talked themselves into a solution. Because mm. we all inherently know what the hell to do anyway. We really do. We're just so disconnected from our own intuitive powers because of so many years of self-denial mm -hmm. and of wanting to manifest the opposite even when we know better, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but we all have all the tools we need inherently inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of talking, it's like, well, but I really know it's because of this or I should have done this, right? So imagine we spend our whole lives not letting that person get to that moment. They're never gonna learn how to be on their own journey, you know? It's not just our journeys that are important. Right. It's honoring and understanding that other people have them too. Mm. And you can have great intentions because sometimes we'll say as fixer personalities, as the family therapist, you know, sometimes we'll say, but I just don't want them to be in pain. I just don't want them to hurt. Pain is life. Mm. Hurting is part of life. We're all here because we've been hurt in some way, right? Like we all get to the best version of ourselves because we chose to walk through pain. We chose to set ourselves on fire, mm. you know? So why would we take someone else's ability to do that away? Right. You know, it's, mm. it's okay to hurt. It sucks. It's not ideal. Right. It's not how I want to live my best life, you know? Um, but it will happen to each of us and it's okay. Um, and it teaches us, pain teaches us so much if we let it. Mm. Pain is really the candle, you know? The darkness is really, truly the light for you. Mm. We just have to let it be. You know, we have to really work to try to stay open in all moments and extend that same ability for the people that we know by not taking everything on. <laughs> Do we have time for one more question? Yes. Okay, I see you right here. Thanks so much for, for this time for this morning. Um, I actually wanted to dig a little bit deeper into this morning as well. Like you had us in the meditation, continually ask ourselves who we were. Yeah. And as someone who my instinct is this first to talk about, you know, my my title. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a, a white born mother, but I'm a, a lawyer. So like mm -hmm. that's the first instinct. But you're like, no, no, get rid of that. It's like, okay, I'm not a mother, I'm not a wife. Like getting rid of and so I think for all of us I can imagine being black women who are indoctrinated in us to always be something for someone else, mm. we don't know who we who we are. So I was just curious as to for because I struggled with it, what tips do you have as far as like getting us to dig deeper yeah. and ask ourselves that question and, and figure out how to answer it before we let the outside world answer it for. Yeah, mm. such a good question. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's a lot. Um, so for me, what was really important was in asking myself that question, right? Who am I? And not allowing myself to fill that space with an answer and not knowing what the hell that meant. Um, and just doing it repetitively, slowly just created more space in me to discover the stillness of who I am. And I'm hoping I'm, I'm making sense because it's going to sound so overly simplified, right? Like there's not, if I 
never did anything that anyone knew about ever again, right? If I wasn't needed by my family, I would still exist. I would still have value. I would still have worth, you know? Um, and it's trying to find your way back to that space where you have happiness and peace that is not reliant on having a thriving career or on being needed by the people in your household. And it's not to say that you can't have a wildly successful life, make lots of money, have very loving relationships with the people in your life. It's just saying that with or without those things, you are enough. You love and enjoy who you are, you know? And that is a process. And I, unfortunately, I can't explain it I think in better terms, because it really is just a feeling, an expression that you eventually get to. In transitioning careers for myself, I thought a lot about that, right? Like mm -hmm. I went from being, working in media, I worked, I'm from LA, I worked in LA, I worked in New York, I worked in Texas. Um, I had achieved in my field a lot of success. I had, you know, I was a mentor to a lot of people in my field. At certain points, I was an executive in my field. I hired people. I, you know, I really worked in such a collaborative nature. And that is part of my magic, right? Mm -hmm. Like being in groups is part of the magic of who I am, brainstorming, pulling things out of people. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to take a different step and work more as an entrepreneur and build a business, well, the business wasn't, it's not highly successful at first. So I don't have employees. It's just me, right? right? right. It's me isolated most of the time working on a computer. Um, and that was a big change for me because I was no longer accessing facets of my personality that I really enjoyed and that also fed my ego. Mm. You know, like getting validation feels good. Mm. Getting told by your boss that you're brilliant and you're getting a raise and you're the best they've ever seen. Like, mm. what? <laughs> I love that. I love those moments, you know? And so that, like, that deepened my understanding of what I just explained to you, too. It's like, okay, I, I don't have that in my life right now. I'm not having those experiences. But it, obviously, I'm still all those things because if I once was, I still am. So all of that still, all of that charm, ability, excellence, all of those things that people see in me when I'm in a crowd at work still live right here and they're still with me. But just because they're not being like fawned over or celebrated doesn't mean that I'm still not the shit, you know, like <laughs> it doesn't mean that I'm still not, you know, having all of this greatness in my side and in, inside of myself to give. So that helped me deeper understand my personal purpose as well and mm -hmm. my personal worth as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of identify um, and I know we got to go, but I kind of identify my purpose is to help people heal. Mm. My purpose is to be of service to other people with the inherent gifts that God gave to me. Right. I can do anything and still be in my purpose. I can be on TV. Mm. I can be on the radio talking to listeners. I can be working in the wellness space. I can be teaching a meditation class. I can be flipping fries and still mm. get off the essence of who I am and what my purpose is. Um, so I hope that answered kind of. Okay. I just, I want to say how much, how powerful the questions were, um, because it's so interesting hearing people ask questions and then you see yourself in that, right? And you realize that you're not alone. Like all three of those questions really, like I was like, well, dang, I should have asked that question. I, I have that same question like that. It, and so it's so powerful to just feel like there are other people who are going through 
what you're going through or who see you. And I know Christina said this last night, just being in a room of people who say, I see you, sis. Like, that is just such a powerful thing. And Debbie, thank you so much. This was Thanks, an incredible conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we had everybody in the room on our phone conversation. <laughs> Thank you for being you. Thank you for bringing your truest, honest self. Thank you for giving us a very real conversation about wellness. And, I, and you have made my day, and I hope everybody else's. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much. And thank you, because you are such a dynamic and amazing woman. And you are sharing our stories with the world in so many different mediums. And you're bringing the fullness of yourself in every room that you're into thank in you. front of all demographics of people. And that allows other people that look like us to do the exact same. So thank you so, so much. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Christina. Big thank you for listening to this episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. This show is executive produced by Adrian Scott and me, Debbie Brown. Our theme music was created by producer Day One and the poem that you heard at the beginning of the show. Well, that was created especially for us by award-winning poet Namdi Okafor. If you have a quick moment right now, please hit subscribe on the show. And if you like what you heard, take it a step further and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, you connect with me on IG at Debbie Brown or my website, DebbieBrown.com. Be blessed. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.